and welcome there to Proverbs 31 Wannabe, where we discuss biblical womanhood in our constantly busy and sometimes crazy daily life. I'm Alexis Heeslip, and as a wife and mother of two, I am always striving and praying to be a Proverbs 31 woman of faith. Today, we will be taking a look at why you should strive to be a Proverbs 31 wannabe. Let's dive on in, y'all. When I first read Proverbs 31, I was a young girl in high school and remember thinking, wow, this woman just sounds like a superwoman. I know that I can never do all these things. And after briefly reading that passage, I didn't look at it again for a couple of years. I didn't pray about it. I didn't think about my future. And honestly, I was one of those girls who thought maybe I would never, ever have kids. In my high school girl mind, kids were gross, kids were smelly, and they drove people nuts. But then God decided to throw a major curveball in my life, like he loves doing to people. And I ended up becoming pregnant while in college and gave birth to my son one month after I had turned 21 years old. To say I was overwhelmed is the understatement of the year. I had major postpartum depression. My new husband and I were still in school and we weren't just broke. We were flat out broke, broke. Through months of therapy and crying out to God, I knew I couldn't walk life without God's guidance anymore. Although I grew up in a Christian home, my prayer life was terrible. Sure, I went to church and sometimes Bible study, but I didn't have that personal connection to God like I did have that personal connection with friends of mine. I wasn't talking to him on a daily basis and I just thought God was some big guy in the clouds that didn't have time for people like me. So I knew that I needed to make changes in my life. And one of the first changes was using the Bible to help me learn to pray. The mighty Google told me that Proverbs and Psalms were a good place to start because there were a lot of practical guidance and wisdom in those books. So... I decided to flip open to Psalms, but apparently God had other plans and I ended up in the back of Proverbs at Proverbs 31. When I saw that the section was called a wife of noble character, I thought to myself, okay, God, I see what you're trying to say. And I read this passage of scripture for the first time as a wife and a mother. Gone were the days when I thought that this was something that was unattainable. Gone were the thoughts of never having children. This time around, I had my eyes wide open. God put it on my heart that these verses are to be my prayer to inspire me, guide me, and walk me through life and all the difficulties I was facing. I wrote these verses down. I made paintings, not good ones, mind you, but paintings with different verses from this passage on them to decorate my bathroom with. I even tried to memorize certain verses 
which is something I had never done before in my life. These verses in the Bible became my prayer. God, I want to be a Proverbs 31 woman so bad. I want to be that girl. Help me draw closer to you so that I can be a wife of noble character. These 21 verses are what propels me to be a better mom, a better wife, and a leader in my community. And I know that I am a long way from these goals of mine, but I strive for them every day. So what does it even mean to be a Proverbs 31 woman? How can I be a wife of noble character? Let's dive into the first 11 verses and discover God's design for us as women. If you have a Bible, please open up to Proverbs chapter 31, and we're going to start at verse 10. Verses 10 through 12 say, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm all the days of her life. A couple of words immediately stand out to me as I read these first few verses. The first words that stand out are virtuous and capable. We are told a virtuous and capable wife is more precious than rubies. Now, I had to look up just how much a ruby is worth and Wow, when I tell you that rubies are something to be of value, they really are. Rubies are considered to be one of the most rarest gems that we can find in the entire world. Even more rare than diamonds. They are beautiful and expensive and will last a lifetime when taken care of properly. You guys, this just blew my mind. If rubies, an object that isn't alive and breathing, are considered to be that valuable, then that means a wife who is virtuous and capable is worth more than a stone that is worth millions. That also means, in the same coin, that a woman of virtue is rare. Wow. When I came to that realization, that made me think to myself, why? Why is a woman of virtue and a woman who is capable so rare? So I did some research and the research was shocking. According to the Pew Research Center, 75% of women and the United States identify as a Christian woman. Okay, that's a big number. That's most of the country. So that's a good start. But then I kept going and read that only 40% claim to be involved in a church once a week. 75 to 40%. That's a big difference. And Only 27% of those women 
participate in prayer, scripture study, or religious education groups. You guys, these statistics hurt my heart. And I've been there. Up until a couple of years ago, I would have been in the majority of women who only go to church once a week and don't participate in much else. But by the grace of God, I've grown in leaps and bounds in my faith and relationship with God and Jesus. But so sadly, this is a rarity in our world. God wants us to take us all by the hand and say, here is a woman of virtue and capability. But it is up to us to demonstrate that on our daily walk with Christ. That's a lot to ask for. And that's just in the first verse of this passage of scripture. A woman of virtue also needs to be trustworthy, enriching the life of her husband and bring him good. Now, I know what some of you guys are thinking. Alexis, don't you know what day and age this is? This is the 21st century. Doesn't that sound patriarchal? Where is the woman power and strength that we boldly proclaim as a necessity in this 21st century? Don't you know that people nowadays are going to gawk at this? Doesn't the Bible say that God created male and female in his image and likeness. And yes, God God did create male and female in his image and likeness. But there's so much more to that. God wants us to be strong women. He wants us to work hard and provide in different ways for our family. And he wants us to have great and loving relationships in our partner in life. So whenever people say, oh, the Bible puts women down, say to that person, I want you to read Proverbs 31. And then you tell me that the Bible talks about putting women down because it's the exact opposite. And we can even see that in verses 13 through 15. Verses 13 through 15 say, She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. A Proverbs 31 girl is a hardworking woman. And this was really hard for me to digest, not going to lie. And I had to rediscover what that meant. What does it mean to be a hard worker? What did that mean to me? And then what did that mean to God? I may not be working in an office or out of the home in a different way. But what I do with my time at home with my household and children is valuable And it's not just valuable to me, it's valuable to God. 
The attack on stay-at-home moms in today's world is just absolutely wild. We are portrayed as weak women who just are stupid. And that's not the case at all. From my own personal experiences, I've been looked down because I'm a stay-at-home mom. I've been asked, don't you want to help provide income for your family? Sure I do, but I also want to be able to spend time with my children and help them grow and learn in ways that aren't possible if I was out of the home. Why do you do all day as a stay-at-home mom? It must be easy since you aren't working. Why are you so tired? I guess many people have this opinion that stay-at-home moms just sit around on the couch and eat chocolate and scroll on social media and do nothing all day, but that's far from the truth. Us stay-at-home moms and even moms who work, man, we do it all. We do it all. It is a hard job being a stay-at-home mom. It's taken a lot of trial and error, but I do have a schedule for myself and I have plenty of things to do from cooking, cleaning, running errands, grocery shopping, laundry, finding time to work out for my physical health, helping my child learn his letters and counting and reading, and even going to school for myself. I've got a lot going on. And I have a busy week. And I have to make sure that my house isn't falling apart. Am I always the best at all of these things? Absolutely not. I'm sure that my husband would be the first to tell you that cleaning is not on my list of favorite things to do. And it's something that I sometimes let fall to the wayside. But I know that I can be inspired by the word of God to plan my day's work. These next couple of verses ahead are challenging because as a mom of two little ones, it's easy to feel overwhelmed and let the busyness of life just suck the energy and the strength out of you. But with God and his provisions, it is through him that we can find strength. So let's take a look now at verses 16 through 18. These verses say, she goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong. A hard worker, her lamp burns late into the night. Wow, energetic and strong. Those are two words that I think are great, but are also way easier said than done. I don't know about you, but as a mom, whew, I just feel like I need to do it all. And at first... That's what it feels like these verses are saying, and that's kind of scary to think. But when you take the time to meditate on the word, 
you see something else. I know I see a woman who balances her time well. She knows when to think things over. She inspects things before making decisions. She invests her money in things that will benefit her and her family. She doesn't just make decisions on a whim. In this society where time goes a thousand miles a minute, these verses are a great reminder to not be so quick to action. We are told in the Bible to be still. Be still and know that he is God. He is the one in control, not us. And this Proverbs 31 woman shows us the power of being still and waiting to make decisions that will have a positive impact on her family. That is a beautiful goal to strive for. Now, lastly, in verses 19 and 21, they say, Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. Not going to lie, but the first thing that came to my mind is that these verses make me nervous and it's for something kind of silly. Trust me when I say you do not want to see me try to sew anything. It is quite a disaster. I could not sew if my life depended on me. I would try to sew in a straight line and no matter how hard I tried, it just does not work out. And although you wouldn't want to see me sewing, this verse does help me realize that I am able, though, to go through my children's clothes and make sure they have what they need. I change out their drawers when it, the weather gets colder for winter clothing, and when it warms up, I pull out the shorts. So you see, even though I might not be able to sew, I know how to do that and I can do that well. Making an inventory of what we have versus what we don't is a great skill so we can be prepared for all the changing seasons of life. Verse 20, that's what really hit my heart hard though. A Proverbs 31 woman helps the poor and needy. Boy, do I really struggle with that. How many times have I been driving around town or walking by somewhere and there's someone who is in need and I am either looking at my phone or looking away because I just don't want to be bothered. And it's so easy to do it in our culture today because of our smartphones. It is so easy to look down so on our phone so we don't have to look up and see the person who never answers. But that's not what a Proverbs 31 woman does.
What a fantastic moment to pause on our deep dive into what it means to be a Proverbs 31 wannabe. I hope you make plans to come back next time to continue looking at this powerful piece of scripture with me. I know it's not easy. Us wives and moms make mistakes all the time because we are only fallen people. But even though we make mistakes, we can still strive to be a woman of virtue and a woman who is capable of greatness. Thank you for listening to Proverbs 31 Wannabe. We hope you enjoyed the program. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to come back next week as we continue our discussion about why you should be a Proverbs 31 wannabe. Until then, this is Alexis Heeslip, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless you.